going into the third grade in the fall, you are still in. But uh, otherwise, um, if you were just in third grade, you need to stay in here. All right? So, all right. Well, what we've seen as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount is that it erects a very high standard indeed. Uh, We have read things like, Until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. We've read, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We've seen, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. We've heard Jesus proclaim, Do not be anxious about your life. And we've also heard Him say, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people to be seen by them. And love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And perhaps the most challenging statement of all, Matthew 5.48, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And if you read through these chapters in one sitting, the question that will confront you is this one. Who can obey all these things? Who could possibly meet this standard and live up to these commands? If you read these verses and you ponder them with all their difficulty, you are left with a heart that feels convicted of your sin and of your shortcomings from God's holy standard and wondering in your mind, therefore, if you will be justly condemned because... Of them. Well, it's precisely at this point that Jesus supplies the answer to those questions. And I would like to show it to you. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to open to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says this Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy, it leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. It leads to life and those who find it are few. When I was in late high school and college, I spent my summers working at a lumber yard that my dad owned at the time. And his company made engineered roof trusses and supplied Uh, lumber and doors and windows and miscellaneous other things to home building contractors all over the city of Indianapolis and central Indiana. And the overwhelming majority of the guys that were there uh, were not Christians, and they were a rough-sawn bunch. I spent spent some time working with a gal who was a retired stripper. Uh, I I rode around in the door and window truck for a couple summers in a row with a guy who was a former cocaine dealer. and uh, they, were not, they were not necessarily repentant of these things, but they had kind of aged out of the various professions, right? And now they were working for my dad at the lumberyard along with me. And, and you would have music that would play all through the warehouses. Uh, and the predominant station was X-103, Indies Rock Alternative, right? And every afternoon, you know, radio stations, if you listen every day, what you find out is that all of them kind of have a playlist they run through. And every afternoon, about, about quitting time, you would hear 
ACDC from their album 19, from 1980, Back in Black, you would hear The Highway to Hell. And uh, everybody in the whole factory would, you know, kind of crank it up and, and sing the chorus. We're on the highway to hell, right? And, uh, and, and they, a lot of these guys knew the lyrics. It was on every afternoon. And they would sing things like this. It's party time, and all my friends are going to be there too. Later they would sing, hey Satan, paying my dues, playing in a rock band. Hey, Mama, look at me. I'm on my way to the promised land. We're on the highway to hell, right? And Jesus does talk about that. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and many people find it. And there is indeed a highway that leads to hell, but it is not any kind of a party. In fact, it is not some kind of in, endless Bacchanalian feast like a lot of people think. Their friends may be there, but they will not know it. It is a place of torment without limits. It's the place of destruction and judgment and the just wrath of God poured out on you for all eternity. It's the place where Jesus, who talks about hell more than he talks about heaven, and in fact, talks about hell more than any other person in the entire Bible, says, the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth in the outer darkness, cut off from the presence of God and the majesty of His power. In other words, you don't want to go here. This is not a place that's like, you know, going to Sturgis for eternity. Or just some big revelry for the rest of eternity. That is not how it goes. In fact, it's the place of destruction where God's judgment is never extinguished. And as there is a broad road that will lead you there and lots of people find it. In fact, the mass of humanity, if you don't know, are already on that road. That's the default setting for humanity. Paul says it this way. He says, you were by nature children of wrath. In other words, people who were destined to go there apart from the intervention of the grace of God. But, thank God, there is another road you can travel down. Amen? There is another gate you can enter. And the gate is narrow. And it is not a highway. It's not a smooth road. It's not an easy path. It's not a wide road that everybody can travel down. But, and because of that, there are few people who take it. In fact, if somebody ever told you that becoming a Christian will make everything in your life get better, I have good news and bad news for you. That it, they're the most significant things in your life things like your eternal destiny and your relationship with God, will get infinitely better if you become a Christian. But many of the other circumstances of your life will get worse. Because the way is hard, and the gate is narrow that leads to life. And few people find it. 
Uh, but it is the road to life, and it's the only one, by the way. There are not many paths. There's one. And, and if you want a classic, kind of the classic literary story outside the Bible that talks about the narrow road is Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan's great book that he wrote in prison. Uh, his story begins with a man who is in a city, and he does not know it, but the name of the city is the city of destruction. And he has a vision that the city is going to be destroyed. And along the way, as he's walking in the city one day, he meets another man named Evangelist. And Evangelist comes to him and shares with him, you need to flee from the wrath of God. And he says, where do I run to? And Evangelist tells him, over yonder is a narrow gate. Do you see it? He says, no, I can't see it. He says, do you see the shining light? Yes. Well, keep the light in your eye. And as you follow it, you will come to the narrow gate and there you will be told what you must do. Enter through. And as he does travel, he has to flee from his family, his wife and his children who all reject the message that evangelist has shared. He is dragged down by those who immediately want to travel with him, but fall away along the path. And eventually he does come to the narrow gate where a person named Goodwill meets him and shares to him with him how he may enter in through faith in Jesus Christ. He needed to know where to find the narrow gate and how to enter life through it. And Jesus tells us, you may be sitting here this morning and you may be wondering, well, if, there's, if it's hard to find, how do I get there? If the road is hard, how do I walk down it? Uh, you may be a person who has considered yourself to be a Christian for your entire life, but you don't know for sure if you have ever entered through the narrow gate and found eternal life or if you are still on the broad road that leads to destruction. Or maybe... You are certain of your own eternal destiny, but you aren't sure how to fulfill the role of evangelist and to tell someone what to do in order to enter through the narrow gate. And if either of those things applies to you, I want to share with you the one way that God provides. And it's very simple. Everybody, when they're little kids, they learn the ABCs. This is the ABCs of the gospel. Here they are. Number one, A, is admit. Admit. What do I need to admit? I need to admit that I am a sinner by nature and by choice. That I like my sin. That I have been enjoying my sin and in my rebellion against God. But that as a result of having been a sinner... I am separated from God and I am on the broad road that leads to destruction. I need to admit that before God. And then I need to, secondly, be believe in the one way that God provides to escape from the judgment that is to come and to enter into the life that God promises. How do I do that? What do I need to believe? Well, I need to believe, first of all, 
that Jesus is perfect God and perfect man. That He died on the cross in my place for my sin as my substitute. Taking the penalty that God decreed for my sin. That in other words, the penalty of sin according to the Bible is death. Somebody has to die for the sin that I have done. That I admit that I have done. Either me or Jesus. God provides Jesus as my substitute. And I believe that He died on the cross in my place for my sin. To pay the penalty that God demands for my sin. And then also believe that Jesus was raised from the dead to give me new life. Because this life is not the end. You don't die and then go into nothingness. You go into, go through a doorway called death into eternity. And you have two destinations you can wind up in, and only two. Either glory in the presence of God, because you have believed that Jesus died for you and was raised from the dead, or punishment separated from God for eternity in hell. That's it. There's no third option. There's no, there's no uh, do-overs. Um, that's it. It's appointed to a man once to die, and after that to face judgment. Hebrews 9.27 You don't get another chance. This life is it. This is the chance. And so admit that you are a sinner. Believe in the way that God provided, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and was raised from the dead to give you new life. And then C, last one, commit. Because the way is hard and the gate is narrow. And as Jesus says later in the chapter, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a commitment that needs to be made. A commitment of placing your trust in Jesus Christ. Of not just knowing that you're a sinner and knowing some facts about Jesus and what He came to do, but of transferring your trust from yourself over to Him and saying, there is no way that on my own I could righteously stand before God and receive entry into heaven, but I am choosing to transfer my trust from me to Him. And I am choosing to transfer control of my life and who gets to be in charge of my life from me to Jesus. And I will follow Jesus no matter what, all the way to the end. Though death comes, though persecution comes, though struggle comes, though my family walk away from me, I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. That's the commitment that He asks of us if we're going to be a real follower of Jesus Christ and you commit to trusting and obeying him with all your heart for all your life and then you can have the assurance that the scripture promises to us that you might know 1 John 5:13 that you have eternal life you can know for sure that when you die, what will await you? 
that on the other side of that door is the smiling face of the Savior saying to you, come enjoy your Master's happiness. Amen? Now, I know that most people here have entered already through the narrow gate. And if that's true, we have an assignment. Amen? We have an assignment to go through the city of destruction and to proclaim to people, flee from the wrath of God and enter through the narrow gate. Amen? We have a responsibility. Many of us have family members who are on the broad road. A lot of us have co-workers that are on the broad road. A lot of us have neighbors that are going to destruction as fast as they can run. And we have a responsibility. We have a job to do. Proclaim the gospel to lost men and women and boys and girls that they might not be destroyed. Amen? It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the Savior. How do they come to that knowledge? Through your mouth and mine. Because God is pleased to use us to proclaim the message about Him. And nothing brings Him more glory than that we would be so excited about the Gospel that we would not be able to stop ourselves from doing it. Amen? If, on the other hand, you're sitting here this morning and you have never known for sure whether or not you have entered through the narrow gate, today is the day. The Scripture says in Hebrews, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Amen? Do not turn away from the message of salvation presented to you. Do not say, as someone might say of me, he's one of those hellfire and brimstone preachers. I'm not paying attention to that. Because I am only saying what Jesus says over and over and over and over. 160 times out of 250 chapters the Bible talks about Flee from the wrath of God. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow way. Take the narrow path that few take that leads to life. Amen? I plead with you. Paul says, knowing what it is to fear God, we persuade men. Be reconciled to God. Amen? Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in the solution that God provides. Jesus Christ, who is perfect God and perfect man forever in one person, who died for your sins and was raised from the dead to give, your, give you new life and commit your life to following Him. and You will have new life. Amen? Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have opened to us the narrow gate and provided a narrow way that we may enter life. Father, we love You for that. We love You for Your marvelous grace, 
Your tremendous love and Your unlimited mercy that is opened wide to people all over the entire world. People of every language, racial group, and ethnicity, and tribe. People of every nation and continent. People of all times and places. You say to them, come. Come and eat. Drink of the water of life. Enjoy faith in in Jesus Christ and being reconciled to God and being at peace with Him rather than at war. Father, we pray that we would all heed the message of the Scriptures here this morning. That those of us who know You already would be burnt out to share about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised on our behalf to give us new life. That those who are here who have never done that would not turn away, but would believe and trust and commit. Father, we pray in Jesus' name.